Hello, residents of Meepletown. This is Dean. Darren Disney. And today we're going to be talking about board games we've been playing lately. We're going to take a trip to the Meepletown Jazz Club, and we're going to review Thunder Road Vendetta. So thanks for joining us as we seek to build community through board gaming. This is episode 133. Residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see me wearing my Meeple Town t-shirt, which you too can own. If you go down to meepletowngames.com, go to the merch section, you can pick up some awesome, lovely t-shirts. I'm not lying when I say these truly are my favorite t-shirts. They're comfy, they're soft, they fit me just right. They're not too short, not too long, they are just right. Dean, you have some Meeple Town t-shirts, don't you? I do, yeah, and actually I need to... Since the since I've lost my weight, I've not ordered new ones, and so I actually need to get a couple more. Um, I heard you say you too owns copies, uh, owns Maple Town merchandise. Is that what I heard you say? That this was an official endorsement from you too. <laughs> I think right from you. Yes, yes, you too. I was listening to their song on the way in today. It said "Beautiful Day," so I called up Bono and said, "Yo, you got your Maple Town shirt that I sent you, right?" He said, "Yes, absolutely. Okay. Thanks. They are super soft." There, you heard it here, folks. That is us building community. <laughs> We're building community across community. the globe, not just through board gaming. <laughs> what are you talking about? Nothing false about this. This is absolutely true. Please, please don't call them or tell their lawyers. <laughs> yeah, definitely check out the website, though. There's there's some uh, good stuff on there. Darren's picture is not on there yet, so don't look at the front page. Just go directly to the, yeah, please um, don't. MeepleTownGames.com slash shop, and that's where you can find the merchandise. Do not click on the front page. You will <laughs> for a couple more, maybe months. I don't know the next time we're going to see each other that we can get updated pictures on there. We'll get it. We'll get. It. Maybe we'll just take a selfie like with through the computer monitor, and we'll just put that up like our faces Ooh. side by side using okay. the monitors to to make this happen. It'll be unique. No one else is doing that. I guarantee it. I was I was actually thinking we can get some pictures, maybe some. Uh, some wolves in the background. I love wolves, you know. Wolves. Uh, <laughs> what? Um, what? I don't we'll put know. some airbrush shirts on the on the shop. I don't know. All right. So what is happening? Th- that's how we start off the episode <laughs> here. And uh, so no I'm, I'm going to jump in. This is a this is a weird recording schedule that I've had lately. So if you're listening to this in the way that we posted it, which is the only way that you can listen to it. You cannot listen to it the way that I recorded it, probably. Darren and I recorded episode 132. Then I recorded episode 131 with Evan. And now this is 133. And so in my mind, everything's really, really out of whack. But somewhere in the mix here, by the time you're listening to this, we will have already been back from our traveling, I think. I think that's right. Which we have not even taken yet, yes. Yeah, yeah, we have not left yet. It's going to be like another week and a half for me. You leave next week. No, I leave Friday. You leave Friday of this week. Where are you going? We are taking a Disney cruise. uh, um, We have a big family vacation, my wife and her parents and brother and his family and... um, and one of her cousins and their family are all going on a Disney cruise to the Virgin Islands. We'll be there for a week and super excited, but I have done nothing to get ready for this. So as soon as we're done here, I'm going home to start washing clothes and packing and all that good stuff. Yeah, that's going to be good times. And but, I don't think we've mentioned this yet, but we do have a listener in uh, BJ from Board Game Gumbo, who is the who was the resident expert of all things Disney, but now we have Darren. So BJ, there might be a new sheriff in town with Darren and, and all things Disney. Actually, I think what we just need to do is have BJ on to talk more Disney things, but you're a big Disney fan. Oh yeah. We have been Disney fans for a, for a long time. Uh, it's big in our family, all the movies, all the stuff going to the parks. Um, if it's got Disney on it, we are, we are interested uh, which again is one of those episodes that I was really jealous of when you and BJ recorded the the top Disney games. We're going to have to go back and revisit that because one, uh, BJ, I'm sorry. Yes, you have been usurped. Uh, you're old and tired, Sheriff. Get out of town. There's a new sheriff in town. Uh, we're going to go back and re and revisit that list and do it and do it the right way. Oh man! 
Wow. Okay. All right. That's not very, not very Disney-esque. I don't think that Disney. Will oh, wait, wait, wait. I forgot. We're building the community. BJ, can't wait to have you back on the show. Three of us will sit down. We'll, we'll do this together. It'll be great. Uh, it's a small world after all. <laughs> Darren's just going to be scowling the whole time. Just like <laughs> daggers through the screen. So, okay. That sounds no, like a lot of fun stuff. That's right. We're going to be going up to, um, Going up to actually an area where we have some listeners, and I'm not telling the listeners that we're heading up there, mainly because we're on a, a tighter schedule, but we're heading up to Philly. Um, I'm guessing we're going to eat at Reading Terminal, right? That's, oh, uh, yeah, that's really the only reason the I'm going. Uh, <laughs> that's the only the, reason I'd go. <laughs> I'm just going to go eat, you know, donuts and ice cream and cookies and at that, that Dutch place that's there. Going to get, man, okay, man. I got to stop talking about this. Those pancakes were the best. They were bigger than my computer monitor, and they were fluffy, and they were delicious. Have some for me. Yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing there. Then, if we have time, I don't know if this is going to work out. We're actually going to run over to uh, Cape May. Um, We we thought we probably should go to a Mm. beach this summer. We're not big beach people, but our kids have been wanting to go to a beach, and we're like, okay, so... What's a, you know, what's a beach around the area that is named after a, a board game or a board game is named after? And so Cape May came up and that's, uh, that's <laughs> the beach was named after the board game. The board game that's came out fantastic. first in 2019 and then they renamed the beach um, <laughs> shortly after or whenever the game came out. Are but, you going to play the game while sitting on the beach? Probably not. Uh, some games you could do that. Actually, there's a oh, lot of on, plastic man. components in that one. Yeah, probably not. I I probably won't even bring the game, but I'm going to try to get it played either right before or right after. We'll see. <laughs> Dude, stop being soft. Sleeve those cards and take it to the beach and, and get to work. <laughs> we want pictures on Twitter. Then we're going to be heading down to, uh, from there, we're going to go to D.C. for a few days. I In my life, I've spent a lot of time in D.C., um, but it's been a decade since I've been, and so it, we're pretty excited to get back to that area. Philip Millman, who I at some point I will get on the show, lives in D.C. and might be very sad uh, mm. that he's going to hear about this afterwards. But we again, we just don't have a whole lot of time. We got a pretty tight schedule, so that's uh, that's where we're going to be traveling. It's going to be good times. Or I mean, it was it was a blast. We had a great time. <laughs> Our cruise as well. It was phenomenal. Only got a little sick. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So. That is what we've got going on, but recently, I'm assuming we've been playing some board games, because that's what we do, is we play board games, and you played a game, I think recently, that I asked you to talk about, because I don't know much about this, I've heard the name of this, but I, honest to goodness, don't really know anything about this game. Yeah, this is an unsung gem, an unsung gem in many ways, yes, buddy mine, we played Kabuto Sumo a week or so ago, this is a 2021 game. Put out by Board Game Tables, now all play. Um, this is designed by Tony Miller and Quan Chai, and the art is by Quan Chai Moria. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. If you don't know anything about Kabuto Sumo, it is basically Bugs Life, the sumo wrestling coin pusher game. Uh, that's how I would describe it. The, wow. If you've ever been to like the arcades or Chuck E. Cheese and you've got those coin pushers where you put the money in, which is really just a waste of money, and you, you just watch the little metal rake go across the, the plate, hoping to push money off that you will then and you know collect and receive. I've never seen anyone win anything out of those coin pushers at all. I've never seen anything fall off. Uh, but this is better than that because stuff does constantly fall off of, of this game. It is a dexterity game, and basically the... The wrestling ring is a three-dimensional cardboard uh, tree stump that you put together. And uh, this big white stump is sort of the the board that you're playing on. And you've got several different sized uh, wooden discs that are placed on there. Your sumo wrestler is a a unique colored wooden disc. And basically, the, the whole point of the game is to push your opponent out of the ring. You start with a few different size discs and you just simply slide your disc onto the stump, pushing other discs and whatever falls off, you get to keep. And those are now pieces that you get to use in the future. And uh, your opponent will then do the same. It plays two to four players. I've only played it at two, but you can play it all the way up to four. That would be exciting. Have a little battle royale kind of thing going on. 
But so as you're pushing these, these characters off, the game will end when you push somebody off. Or uh, you can also win by submission if someone runs out of pieces and they can no longer push. So so there you go. Really simple, really quick to play. Um, each each player takes a unique character. You've got a little player card with some special abilities and maybe even some special pieces. Uh, there's a dung beetle that's got a really big piece that's supposed to be like a big turd that you're pushing out across the board. Uh, you've got some that have pincer pieces and other uh, parts that you're using and push, and sometimes they stack up. It's very, there's a praying mantis that's got a unique little leg piece that you push, and all the different characters and, and pieces that they have work differently. What we played with specifically was the Total Mayhem expansion, which came out in 2022. And this one, if you, if again, if you have any appreciation for pro wrestling whatsoever, this is an expansion for you because it has a lot of other special pieces that you can throw in there that have special powers. Like you can put in a guitar piece um, that has special uh, abilities and you can use. It includes chairs for a chair match. Um, and that's what we play. We played with the chair match. And so um, these are extra pieces that you can earn, that you can put into the ring. And for every chair that's touching your opponent, you can add an extra piece on your turn and try to push them out. There's a, there's a coffin match. <laughs> it's got a little coffin you build that you go keep putting stuff in. And anytime someone, your opponent gets close to the edge of the ring, you start pulling stuff out of the coffin. And now you've got extra pieces that you can use. There's a, there's a money in the bank match where it's got like a little briefcase. It's supposedly full of money that you can push off. Uh, so again, if you're a wrestling fan at all, these will sound familiar to you. There's a table match where basically you're trying to push a table. Uh, you're, you're trying to knock a table over. There's a ladder match. It's, it's hilarious. It's, it's, it's super simple. It's, it's dumb fun that anybody can play. Um, but at the same time, there's still lots of strategy where you can, um, decide what piece to use and, and when to place it and when to push it. Because if you've not played it, anytime you try to slide a disc on and you think you know where these discs are going, they will always disappoint you almost always. So you're trying to like play in the hook and play the slide and never quite go where you want them to go. But, um, but no, it, it's super cute and it's a lot of fun. And uh, again, you don't have to have a wrestling knowledge to appreciate a game like this, but if you do, it just makes it that much more special. It's hilarious. That's cool. I don't know anything about this game at all, except what you just told me. And I was looking at all the expansion pieces for this. They're, this production is phenomenal. Board Game Tables does not disappoint when it comes to production. The wooden discs are solid and great. The, the pieces are very clever and well done. Even the powers and stuff that go with them are thematic. You know, they make sense. And the art, Quan uh, Chi Moria, this is really some of my favorite of his. Like, I don't even like bugs. I hate insects. Insect comes in my house. I kill it. It doesn't survive. It doesn't last. Uh, but this game, this only these are the only insects I allow in my house because they're super cute, but yet still mean looking. You know. Well, I would think it's phenomenal. All the all the killing of the bugs would actually prepare you for this game. <laughs> Does that make you better at this game? Um, well, if there was a bug spray element to the game, I think I could. That would speak to my true gift when I can shoot something from a distance. That's yet to maybe the next expansion. I don't know. I would love to, this actually would be a, a really fun one for my family. It would be really cool to play this or have my kids play it. We could even do it tournament style. But if my kids were playing it, I would mm -hmm. I would be given some color commentary the whole time. I would love to do that. <laughs> oh, I haven't I thought about a, that. That's awesome. It'd be a yes. ton of fun. I'm not much of a, I don't, I'm that not a wrestling fan at all. But uh, this is cool. I, I love, I love this production and all that. I, yeah, I'm going to check this one out. That's Kabuto Sumo. A game I got to play recently, which uh, this is an old game. It came out in 2002, which was uh, 21 years ago, just in case anybody's counting. 2002 was 21 years ago. So, <laughs> I, yeah, impressive. I'm going through this midlife crisis right now. So, so this is Pirates. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> Pirates Cove, which is a game by Days of Wonder. And this one is, as far as I know, it's still out of print, although... There was a while that it was really difficult to get this game. It was pretty expensive, but I, I'm seeing some copies that are actually pretty reasonable right now, it looks like. Pirate's Cove is a game where you have a bunch of islands set up on a board, and you are moving your pirate ship around to a different location. And at the location, you're going to have these treasure cards, and you're going to have an action that you can take at the location. Really simple game of one, two, three, 
reveal your card. And if Darren and I end up on the same island, then we're going to have a battle because only one person is going to be able to take the action on there. And so if I if I defeat Darren, he's going to have to go and kind of lick his wounds at in Pirate's Cove while I am taking all of the treasure from the island. Um, but if I reveal my card and nobody's there, then I just get to take the action, take my uh, the treasures that are at the location there, and bada bing, bada boom. So I played this with my two boys, and I came in a distant last, a distant, distant last. It was not even close, which is funny because the way people play this game is is pretty unique. You you can have an idea of where somebody wants to go, and you also have in a three player game you're going to have locations that have uh, pirates at them. So you'll have to battle the pirates to be able to take the actions there. And the pirates are, are usually pretty tough. Well, my youngest son, who is seven, he was he was all-out battle all the time. Every turn he took, he wanted to battle with somebody. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter if he had a shot to beat them or not, but over and over again, he would do that. And he came in second, but he was actually pretty close to the first player. So he did that. My oldest son was just trying to make sure he could get all the gold. And and gold is how you buy different upgrades to your ship, and your ship is important because it's how, it determines how many treasures you can hold. It determines um, the battle value of your cannons and your crew combined, and, and also uh, your sailing uh, power, which determines if you're going to go first in battle. Pretty fairly simple game overall, but this was a hit with the boys um, when we played this. And it's I've actually had this one on the shelf of shame for a, quite a while. I really like Days of Wonder games. I wasn't sure if this was going to be a hit because sometimes some of those highly um, competitive, mean games can turn into some hurt feelings with my kids, and mm. you know where they're actually punching each other and they're actually you know <laughs> trying, to, trying to shoot each other with cannons. But this 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 did not disappoint and they didn't get hurt feelings even though there was some of that battling happen um it was fun i enjoyed it i don't know if it's you know it, the best game ever it's it's not the even the best pirate game ever but it was a lot of fun for what it is for this style of game like uh um what uh mission what is it mission red planet type game um broom service mm. you know like the revealing the cards that sort of thing yeah it's a 2.0 uh wait uh, I'm sorry, 2.01 weight on on BGG, so um, which is the same, but bank about the same weight as as the uh, Kabuto Sumo. So 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 light enough for the kids and for the family, um, and just mean enough to to cause some arguments, but not but nothing too violent. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because part of it too is you you don't really have control who you're battling. I can see. Okay, Darren's probably going to want to increase his cannons. Um, or there's a bunch of treasure on this island, and he has a, a large hole to be able to hold all that treasure. So there's a good chance that he's going to go to this location, but I don't know that for sure. And you might be thinking, they're going to think that I'm going to go to this location, but I'm not really going to go to this location. So you might you know, throw people off that way. So it's, it's not full-on mean because you don't really know if somebody's going to go to the location to, to start a fight or not. But yeah, that was... Uh, that that's it i i don't know but you, uh, you have not played this um but is this something that interests you yeah i have not i've seen i've looked at this before and i like looked at it heavily but i've heard of it our our family loves pirate games and pirate themes the, the, the disney cruise that we're going on has a pirate night you know we've all got to take pirate costumes and have to dress up and go to dinner and there'll be like a pirate show we we watched pirates of the caribbean last night just to kind of get get in the mindset of it my, my oldest daughter um, we, um, we play Port Royal a lot together. She, she's in college. She'll come by my office sometimes. And, and just like after lunch, we'll sit down and we'll play Port Royal and the family likes playing Jamaica. So we dig pirate games. And so if this is, um, easy enough to teach that, uh, and it sounds like it might be and, uh, good enough for the family. I think this is one that the whole family might enjoy. Cause we, we dig that little bit of, um, light strategy but, but but enough to attack one another and 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 uh disrupt what somebody else is wanting to do that that sounds like fun yeah yeah well good times well we're we've got a new segment coming up where we're going to talk about games that we are jazzed about so let's go to the meeple town jazz club hello meeple town and welcome to the meeple town jazz club is that good? 
I don't know what the bumper music or anything on this is going to be yet. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I, have, I have no clue. That was nice. No clue. We just Man, knew the, <laughs> we just wanted to lean into the Meeple Town, you know, theme. So we have to have new locations all the time, and the, the <laughs> jazz club just opened up. Hello. Welcome <laughs> to Meeple Town Jazz Club. <laughs> I should have got you to do that. You're, you've got more of a voice to be able to do that. Maybe you should be working on the bumper for this. <laughs> no, no, no. You got it. You got it. That was great. I liked it. It, just, it took me by surprise. I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. You're going to see that we're going to be stealing some ideas from different podcasts. One of those podcasts is the uh, the Secret Cabal. <laughs> they don't they don't have the Meeple Town Jazz Club at, at Secret Cabal, but we we I'd like the idea of talking about like what's got us jazzed, what's get what's getting our juices flowing, something that's getting us super excited, and so once a month ish, we're going to be doing this. We're going to be saying, what is the thing that I'm just super excited about? Now, this is going to be a little bit different than the Meeple Town news, the the mailroom or post office or whatever that is called. It's different than that <laughs> in that these can be games that have been out for a long time. They can be games that we're just getting a ton of plays in and we just can't get enough and we're just super jazzed about it. And it can be things that aren't out yet. It can be a lot of different things, but just like what's got you excited right now. So that that is what we're going to do in the Meeple Town Jazz Club. And so I want to hear, Darren, what's got you jazzed in the jazz club? Well, <laughs> what has what has me jazzed right now? And again, this is this is nothing major, but but for, for me, this was exciting when I when I just heard about this. Um, this is after the virus, the long cold. This is an expansion that recently came out or that I at least recently heard about uh, an expansion for uh, after the virus uh, deck building game, uh, which was a 2017 game uh, by Jacob Frixilius and illustrated by Daniel Frixilius from Frix, from Frix games. You know, this is the terraforming Mars guy. And in 2017, he did this game after the virus and which is an awesome little, I, I love it. Again, another um, sort of, um, unsung gem, if that's the expression. I feel like that's a that, that's an amalgamation of two different expressions. I don't know if that's actually the one that it is. Hidden Either way, gem? it's one that's that, 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 hidden gem. There we go. Unsung. I don't know. Unsung Something's hero. unsung somewhere, but the gem is hidden. There we go. Um, it's it's the, it's the zombies eating my brain that's that's causing the the problem here. But so after the virus is a is a zombie apocalypse style game. Very simple, very small. Plays one to three players. I've only played it at one. And that's probably all I would recommend playing it at. It's a blast. Where you've got this this deck of cards that's full of actions that you can take, and the the turns are are, are pretty simple. Um, you can either play a card from your hand that that's an event that causes something to happen. You can play a, a non-event card from your hand, which is usually like an, an ally or a location or a, a weapon that has to be ready. And each of these cards have a little cost in the top corner, much like many uh, deck building or any kind of a, a living card game or trading card game. There's a, there's a cost at the top of the card that you have to spend in order to, to ready the card. You can put that down in your play area. Or, uh, or you can discard cards from your hand to go scout. And by scouting, you have this um, area deck also on the play area that's just full of items and locations and more allies and various things. So you can discard a card to go scout there. You'll flip those cards over. Again, there's costs listed at the top to tell you how many cards you might need to spend from your hand in order to gather those cards and put them in your hand or your play area. All the while, there's a zombie deck and there are some cards that you begin the game with, with these zombie cards in your deck. So as you're drawing hands, like in a typical deck, drawing cards in a typical deck builder, you may draw zombies. And so when you do, you put those zombies in your play area. And then you now have to do something about those zombies. If you can deal a zombie a damage, then it dies. It goes away. It goes back into the zombie deck. Um, you don't have enough things to deal damage to that zombie, then you can discard a card or, or, or play a, a run card which means that zombie goes back into your deck, not the zombie deck, back into your deck. So it's like you're running away from it for it only to come back later. Um, 
or it goes into your discard pile and then later on it'll get shuffled back up and then back into your deck. And so you have these actions you can play as you're trying to, to fight these zombies. And if you don't um, attack the zombies or, or run away from them, then they attack you. And each player has their own little player board that's got their little character on it. And it has three places for wounds. You can be wounded in your leg. If you take a leg wound, then you can't take the run action anymore. You can't discard the zombies. If you take an arm wound, you can only hold like two readied weapons in your hand now as opposed to one. If you take a brain wound, you're dead because, I mean, it's a zombie game. And so that's basically it. The game comes with like 16 different scenarios. Each scenario will tell you um, how many zombies come out on which round. And so it's always different. It gives you just a little bit of a sentence or two of story that kind of carries you through almost a campaign if you want to play it that way, or you can keep them as one-off uh, scenarios. But um, so yes, that tells you how many of the zombies will come out and when they come out. And it is a blast that the expansion, the long cold adds new characters and new weapons and all kinds of new items and things, and apparently improves how the campaign works and how you can develop your deck. So it's like more stuff. It sounds like it's even improved and streamlined in a way, which I'm excited about because one, it's a quick game. As soon as Halloween time comes around, this is the first game that I break out and that I solo and that I play with. And it's a lot of fun. It's really hard. I probably just stink at it, but, but like there, there are some of those scenarios where like after like round three, all the zombies come into your deck. And if you don't have enough items or ways to deal with them, then you're overran. You know, it, it feels very thematic from a simple deck building game. Um, but it's a blast. So that's after the virus, the long, cold expansion. But, you, but you've not played any of this, though, have you? No. In fact, I've never even heard of it until you mentioned it when we were meeting yesterday. Many haven't. It's an unsung gem. But I, I'm looking. You can actually get this. <laughs> uh, I see it on Card House. You can get it for $16, $17. I mean, this is a really cheap game. And it it sounds cool. I got to say, I don't think it looks cool, though. I do not love the art on this one. It just doesn't get me, doesn't get me jazzed. But, um, but the gameplay sounds exciting, <laughs> which is, is the thing, I guess, overall that, that matters. Although it's just a different, you know, we talk about the art and it's all, it's all subjective. So you actually think it's charming art, if I remember right, that you, you like to look at I this? I do. I like it. I think it fits the the tone of the game. It fits the look. Um, I wouldn't want this on every game, but for what this is, I think it's I think it's perfect. I think it works. The the zombies are grotesque. It kind of speaks to the whole grotesque nature of what the whole zombie apocalypse genre is trying to convey about humankind, and it's a reflection of the inner demons that we that we wrestle with. And you know, we really are the monsters. <laughs> That got deep. So, but, um, but no, I saw this, like it says it's a 2022 game, but I just saw it recently as a new arrival on miniature market. And so, um, I got that sucker. And so now it's just a matter of buying one more game to, to get my free shipping and then it'll be, it'll be on its way. It'll be yours. All right. To sit on the shelf until Halloween time. Maybe worth trying out. Maybe you too might be jazzed. (laughs) That is after the virus, the long cold expansion. Cold expansion. The thing I've been jazzed about, a couple of things, I guess. It's Challengers. This one is up for a Kenner Spiel. Uh, yes, it has not been announced. So this is is up for a Kenner Spiel. Uh, uh, it's got a nomination for the Kenner Spiel de Jars. And there's also recently Challengers 2 that's been announced. I don't know if that's the name of it, but there's a, a sequel to Challengers. But I've not played this one yet, but I cannot stop seeing it all over the place. And when you hear about it, it doesn't sound very exciting. It doesn't give me super jazz because it is a it's a gamer's version of war. The game war where you have a deck of cards and mm. I'm flipping over a card, comparing it to yours. Bada bing, bada boom. But that part does not sound very exciting. What sounds super exciting is that there is really played best as a tournament style game where you have eight players, you're going head-to-head with players until eventually whoever has the most, uh, uh, what are they called, flag points or trophy points or something like that, at the end of however many rounds you play, the top two players are going to go head-to-head for a, for a battle to the finish, whoever can get the, the most flags in their battle. The cool thing is, though, is basically you are just flipping over cards, but everybody has their own special decks, and you are going to be... 
um, you're going to be changing those decks throughout the game. So depending on, I guess, how many players you have or something like that, you're going to draw a certain amount of cards from the deck and you're going to keep a certain amount of cards um, from the different decks. And you're also able to get rid of however many cards that you want from that. So, you know, so it's deck builder-esque, but instead of like having to play a card that says you can get rid of cards permanently or whatever, this one you can just say, I don't want to have this card in my deck anymore. I'm just going to get rid of it. And then you're going to be flipping over cards and there's, I, I don't want to go into all the details about it, but they, the, the cards have special powers. There's a, there's a couple ways, ways to lose if you run out of your deck, but you need to flip over another card. I win the trophy for that one. If you, uh, when you do have to discard cards, they go off to the side and you can put same cards into the same pile. But if you have more than six different types or something like that, five or something like that, um, then you'll also lose that way. Really quick, really simple game. The strategy seems to come in the what cards you want to keep for your deck and which ones you want to get rid of, which, I, you know, I don't think they're super difficult decisions, but anything that is a tournament style gets me really jazzed. Uh, I've, I really, you know, one of my favorite games is Baseball Highlights 2045, not because of the game itself. It, it, the game itself is really good, but what really makes it shine for me is playing it in tournament style. And I've always said I'd love to see more games that have that element and this one just seems like such a good such a good convention game or you know a weekend long board gaming thing where it's not like it's a really long game it's just that you know you need to have probably the full count of players or, or a lot of players for this game to really shine so i'm i'm pumped about this i really really want to check this one out have you played this, this one? does sound like a i have not I have not. This this does sound like a game that that I could see you being jazzed about, primarily because of that tournament style play. I know you like the the baseball highlights, but but I look at this man and I'm telling you, this does not have me jazzed. I've heard lots of people talk about this one. I'm glad there's games for everybody. Um, this is not one that looks like it would be for for me. I'd be happy to play it if you put it out in front of me, but I'm not jazzed about that. The look of this one, you criticize the art of after the virus. And I, and I look at you after looking at this and I say, how dare you, sir? How dare you? <laughs> yep. Although, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it's, I like this art better. I think. Yeah, I do. I do see, like this art just, better. Than, but I get it. I get the, I get the criticism for this. One of the things I'm noticing because you're hearing so much about people playing this game, I think the people that don't like this game are the ones who really don't like fun is what I'm seeing. Uh, <laughs> I'll give it a shot, but uh, I, I really don't get the hype on this one at all. I, you know, I was shocked that the spiel nominated it. Well, by the time this episode drops, spiel could have already been announced. It could be the winner uh, selling millions of copies. There's no telling, but I look at it and I, I remember when I first saw it, when I, this was a Kickstarter game, wasn't it? That seems right. That seems. I don't know that for sure. I feel like though. it was crowdfunding. Uh, I'm looking on. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I was thinking it was. Either way, I remember when I first saw this, and I was I was shocked about the the hype. It just doesn't draw me in at first. But hey, that's awesome. Capture the flag could be a fun thing. Um, we talked about yeah. Stratego yesterday, or the uh, the last time we recorded, whenever that was, um, time travel. And so, so maybe there's something there, but yeah, I hope so. But good. I hope I'm so. glad we'll you're see. We'll get this played at some point. And that actually, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the night of the jazz club. We're going to close the doors now and move on to our feature review of Thunder Road Vendetta. Buckle your seatbelts, focus your crosshairs, and get ready for the wildest ride in the wilderness as we talk about Thunder Road Vendetta. This game has bad intentions written all over it. Literally, it, it says so on the box. Thunder Road Vendetta is a Restoration Games game uh, from 2023. Just came out, just delivered to backers. And kind of in the spirit of uh, Fireball Island and Return to Dark Tower and Unmatched and all that. And, the, of course, the newly announced crossbows and catapults. This game is based on an older game design. Actually, the original was 1986, designed by Jim Kiefer. But Thunder Road Vendetta is designed by Brett Myers and Dave Chalker with Rob Davio and Jessup Jacobson, and along with Brett Myers and Brian Neff, whole whole team of designers and development there. 
Illustrations are done by Marie Bergeron and Garrett Kaida. And I think this is worth mentioning too, the 3D modeling is by Hakan Denise and Chad Hoverter. And again, there's lots of names there. I probably mispronounced several of them. But uh, again, as we mentioned in the last episode, with a name like Darren Frudenthal, I'm used to mispronunciation. So if you, <laughs> I apologize. I really want to get that right. If you ever have, have a proper pronunciations for me, uh, please let me know because I really want to try to, to do that right and do justice by your name. But the game Thunder Road Vendetta, the, the base game, plays two to four players. We'll also talk about the Maximum Chrome Edition a little later on, uh, which will play two to six players. And uh, as we talk about some of our conversation, we'll mention the differences. But typically, a game of Thunder Road Vendetta should last between 30 to 75 minutes. But as you'll see in our conversation, that varies. But how you play this base, this base gameplay is basically described as Mad Max, the board game. Uh, but that's too old for you. If you don't resonate with that, then maybe um, a, po- a post-apocalyptic Mario Kart might be another way to, to describe it. In this game, each player has three separate cars, a small car, a medium car, and a large one, a chopper, and four dice, all of the same color. And the board that you're racing on, because it is a race game, sort of, the board is uh, made up of up to five tiles, three of which you're only using at a time. And these tiles, these road tiles are full of all kinds of hazards and obstacles and and all that. And basically what you're trying to do is race your cars down the road. And the goal of the game is to either be the first car to go off the edge of the last tile or to be the last player standing. Because again, this is not only a racing game, but it's a survival game. You're trying to shoot other cars and smash into them and run them off the road. Um, Mass hilarity ensues. And so the game plays in rounds, and each round will consist of three turns. At the beginning of a round, everybody rolls their dice, and the first player of that round also rolls rolls this road bonus die. And on your turn, you have four steps. First thing you're going to do is you're going to assign a die to one of your cars. And once per round, and this is optional, uh, you have a command board uh, along with your dashboard. You have these cardboard dashboards, one for each size of your car, and this command board that has special actions. And so once you assign a die to one of your cars, you can also assign, if you choose, once per round, to assign another die to this command board, which has extra actions on it, like moving your car's extra spaces or repairing damage that happens to a car, because that will happen, or calling in an airstrike. That's right. You can move your chopper and shoot at another car. It's glorious. The next thing you're going to do is move your car, the, the number of pips on the value of the die you assign to it. And when you move your car, you might move into a space with another car, which means you slam that car. And when you slam that car, you get to roll some other dice that determines which car goes where and what kind of damage happens to it. It might smash into an impassable space, which will destroy it immediately. It might run into uh, some, some, some other type of oil slick, which will send it off into another direction. All kinds of crazy things can happen when you move your car. And then once all that movement is done, then that car can shoot another car if possible. And anytime you're shooting, whether it be with your car, with your chopper, you're going to roll this shooting die. There's lots of dice in this game. You're going to roll the shooting dice. And it's got, uh, each side has got different uh, types of cars you can shoot. The larger cars are easier to shoot. And so there's three sides of that dice that show the large car logo that you can hit. If um, one of the sides of the die also show a a medium and small uh, facing. So if you're trying to shoot a medium or small car, and it lands on that face, you successfully shoot that car. Or it may have an any, um, an any sign on that, which means any car that you're shooting, it's like an automatic hit. So lots of dice rolling. You're going to sign your die, maybe call in an extra action, move your car, shoot a car. That simple. And if your car takes a damage, too much damage, each car can take up to two damage. If it takes too much damage, it now becomes inoperable. And... Um, when a car becomes inoperable, can't move it, can't shoot anything, but you can use your repair action to, to make that car operable again. But not only can a car become inoperable, it can also be eliminated, eliminated. Like I said, you might smash into an impassable space that makes that car eliminated. When something's eliminated, it leaves the game. Uh, you might get ran off the side of the road, uh, making it eliminated. You might end a turn. If, if anytime your car ends a turn up underneath the chopper, even if it's your own chopper, it automatically is destroyed because these choppers have some crazy anti-ground defense mechanisms. So lots of ways to, to be eliminated. And when a car is gone, it's gone. And once a player has no cars left that are operable, 
they're out. And so in a two-player game, that means the game is over once that happens. If it's a three or more player game, then once a player is eliminated, then whichever tile is the, the lead tile at that moment, whichever road tile, that automatically becomes the final tile. So yes, there's player elimination, but there's also some ways to, if that happens to you, um, you won't be waiting long for, for the next game to, to come around. So that's basically, in a nutshell, how you play Thunder Road Vendetta. Now, Dean, you and I had a chance to play this at Game Point Cafe the last time that I was in Nashville. And and, and you're a shallow gamer. I think that's fair to say, um, <laughs> which is why I couldn't wait. That's exactly right, <laughs> which is, actually. Which is... <laughs> which is why I couldn't wait for you to unopen the box when we met up to play. I wanted you to unopen it um, and just look at all the different pieces and experience the joy that I have when I pulled all, those, all that stuff out. So so what did you think of the art and components of Thunder Road Vendetta? Yeah, they are off the chain, as the kids are saying these days. Is that a, that's a phrase? <laughs> is that what they say? <laughs> I'm not sure it is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh my goodness. Ooh, sorry, I but just felt like I had it a slaps. on my foot. Is that, is, is that a phrase? <laughs> it slaps. Yeah this this game is this game is fire. It is. Uh, yeah, it yeah, is. Uh, the, the, the components. <laughs> uh, no cap. The components are are they're great. They are. No, oh, I don't even know what that means. Through the roof. It's um, the cars are fantastic. The the boards are great. Um, the you know okay. Let me say this though. It is funny. So I actually have the original version of this game. I've had it since 1986, probably. I'm pretty sure we got it way, way wow. when it was first released. So I have the first, you know, the first edition of this. And the components in that game are really good. I mean, even in today's standards, really? the cars are really well done. And so when you look at the components for the new version, my guess is they probably thought the same thing because the design of how they did the cars with hmm. the snap-on pieces or whatever, you know, you've got two different color if you have a blue car, it's got like the blue outer shell and then the the black with the tires and all that, but it's just snapped together. Um, that is exactly the way that the original version was done. My guess it was it was on sprues and you had to you know probably back in the day I had to take those out of the sprues and put it together, but it's really similar to that. But the now we're we're looking at the maximum maximum chrome edition of this, and so. I don't, I don't really know exactly what the difference is, but I know that the insert is different or maybe even present. I don't, maybe it's not present in the original game at all in regular Thunder Road Vendetta, but the, the insert is fantastic for all the components just to keep them all snug together. seems like that, that works really well. Yeah, I love the the insert. And again, I can't speak to just the, the base game Thunder Road Vendetta as you can buy it in retail, um, but the in the maximum chrome edition it fits everything perfectly now i'm not going to stick it up on its side i'm not going to store it sideways i'm going to keep it flat but there is a place for everything with all that stuff in there it lays it lays flat the box itself is just so beautiful uh it just drips theme um all the way down through from the box led to the last component the, the, the chrome on the box is beautiful the illustrations it's weird on the back of the box if you look there's no typical product shots where you have the game open and displayed and descriptions about the game on the back of the maximum chrome box. Anyway, it's just like this beautiful nighttime desert road illustration. And it's all on the sides of the box. Just everything is so, so well done. It's got like a movie rating down on the bottom TRV, you know, like you would see uh, like PG 13 kind of deal. Um, like I said earlier, it says like this road is paved with bad intentions. I mean, it's like you're <laughs> playing a Mad Max style board game. Um, yeah, the, illustrations the, are great. Um, the Return of Dark Tower, Return to Dark Tower, did the same thing, if I remember right. I, I've got the box mm, right behind me. But nice, it's a little difficult to get out, but where they were they, if I remember right, in the shrink wrap, they had this piece of paper that showed all the components. So if you're like at the store buying this, you can see it. But then once you take it out of the shrink wrap, that paper comes out, and then the box is just basically solid black, um, and really mm. just beautiful. Their production and that's neat. in any game that I've played of theirs, which has been a significant amount, I feel like I've really enjoyed all of them. I, I can't think of a single production, but then you get Thunder Road Vendetta, Return to Dark Tower that are just like a step above the rest. I mean, it's just those those huge deluxe editions are just phenomenal. Right. Yeah. But and I, I want to speak up. to some of the differences. 
Well, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You got one it. One more thing before we jump to that. Th- th- this is this is small and this is simple, but I've never had more fun punching out a board game like the cardboard. Something about those cardboard tiles, the way they came out, they punched out so easily. Uh, no rips, no tears, no nothing. Super smooth. I know that sounds silly, maybe, but I have a problem with like cheap cardboard because <laughs> I, you know, I hate I hate the hangers and the little tags and stuff. But this was. It was really great. Again, phenomenal production all the way down to the cardboard. But the gameplay, now one thing that this adds, the the, the Maximum Chrome Edition adds that it's not in the base game, is all these different expansions and, and modules and things that you can play. In the base game, you've got uh, four different colored cars and choppers and dice, and there are lots of dice. And, and, and that's basically it, which is great. But the Maximum Chrome Edition also comes with two other styles of vehicles that you can that you can play with. One is the big rig. And the big rig is just as it sounds. It is actually like three large cars that kind of connect together, almost like a train, the way they hook together. And in fact, on the board, it even moves through the different spaces like a train car would. Um, in all um, slamming kind of situations, it's always treated as a large car. So anytime it's in a slam type of situation, uh, the other car always moves. You don't even roll the direction die or the the, the car die to see which car is going to move. It's always the other car because the big rig is the big rig. Mm. Um, it it and it can shoot from its front and from its rear. Like so, you can normally you could just shoot out the front of a car, but the big rig can shoot out of either. And so that's that's kind of impressive. Um, it. And one thing that's different about the big rig is that it doesn't have a command board with all the extra actions. The big rig is one really long board that has uh, six different types of actions on it that have the airstrike and some of the other things, but also some very different actions that play very, like it can just move cars out of the way without slamming them if it wants to. It's got a lot of different special actions. It, but the trade-off is when you, on your first turn of a round, you have to assign one of your dies to your, not a command board, but to a hydraulic board. And whatever the pip value is on that is how many times you can change lanes during that round. Mm. And the big rig dice only go up to three. So you're rolling all these dice, but your only pip value is only one, two, or three. And so it's kind of limiting into, into what you're able to do because you're always going to smash into something. But, uh, right. but the good news is on that end, if you run into a hazard space, there's all kinds of hazard tiles on the board that can, especially the Maximum Chrome Edition, and there's some in the in the base game as well. Uh, things like oil slicks and mud spots, and uh, and various other terrain that can do bad things to you. Various other hazards that can that can harm your car. But the Maximum Chrome Edition, there's also um, things that can set your car on fire, and can can launch your car up in the air. And when a truck hits some of those, it just turns those into off-road tiles it doesn't really affect it the same way. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, it, it plays very differently as, and there's also a motorcycle that it adds to this. There's like five different motorcycles. If you're playing yellow, you've got five motorcycles and now you're moving two motorcycles at once, as opposed to one car at a time, you're moving two motorcycles at a time. And, uh, and they all act as small cars. So anytime they're in a slam situation, they're the ones that are always moving. And so the, the gameplay is just very different. So it gives you a lot of variety there just in those two types of, of vehicles. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I know you've not had a chance to play with the bigger or, or, or the motorcycles, but does any of that sound uh, appealing or intriguing to you? Of course it does, actually. <laughs> you know, I am, <laughs> I am the shallow gamer, like, like you said. And so all of it, you know, throw in, <laughs> you know, throw in a, a submarine in and I'm, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's just changing up <laughs> the chaos and, and all of that. I really enjoy it. But but when you're just looking at the base game, okay, let's let's look at that for just a second. Just the base okay. game where you're moving the cards around with the dice, you've got your boards and all that. If I understand correctly, you don't have the cards and you don't have the player characters that you're using with just the base game in this one. The, in the base game, it is just the cards and the chopper and your four dice that you're rolling. And so those basic actions is all that you're able to do in the base game. Which, which would be fine, I would say, for a lot of people. But like you said, in the Maximum Chrome Edition, some of the other modules you can throw in there are leaderboards, which replaces your command board. So now you have an asymmetric leader that has a unique ability, and your, some of your command actions are going to be different. 
mm-hmm. th- there's also going to be some uh, a chop shop cards that go along with that, that you draft. And each of those cards has a unique ability that you then assign to each of your cars. So now each car is a little bit different. None of that is in the base game. It's just the cars and, and your dice taking your basic command board actions. But the Maximum Chrome Edition also goes beyond that because it's got, it's got cards. And Dean, we didn't play with this, but there's also other cards that you can deal out on the board that put weather conditions out on the road tiles. Like now, this road tile is icy. So at the beginning of a round, all cars on this tile will, like whatever direction they end their turn on, will always move like an additional space that direction. Or there'll be an earthquake and every car at the beginning of that round will move uh, an extra space, which could slide you right off the board and eliminate you. Um, um, yeah. So there, there's weather conditions that definitely change up how the board plays. There's cards that you can pass out and deal to everyone and everybody gets one card and they can be like unique airstrikes. Like a chopper can actually attack a chopper in one of these cards. Mm, um, you can get yeah. these one shot abilities that give you a unique way to attack other cars. You can get a an extra command action that just goes kind of face up next to your command board and let you do just one more extra thing. There's all these different little cards that you can deal out there that can change up how it plays. But again, like none of that is in the base game. Um, all of that is in the Maximum Chrome Edition. I think those are essential expansions. I really do. I think I, I think you have to play with those expansions for this to be a good game. I don't think the base game was like cheating any anyone out of any experiences that they would miss out on. That being said, if you got the base game, I think you're quickly probably going to tire of this game without having something else. But when you add in those something else's, it really does change up the variability a ton because playing with those those character abilities, it makes you want to explore how they play out and you want to, you know, play out those. You want to play with the, uh, with the cards that change up your car's abilities and, and that adds so much variety to the game. So I really, I almost feel like if you're thinking this, this might be a game that I would enjoy, I'd say you, you really do need those expansions to get that full experience. Even though you might not want to play it the first time, I think quickly that you're going to need those for it to be in a, a super enjoyable experience. It, it really elevates the game for me is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But I think that also kind of depends on who you are as well. You know, if you're someone that's primarily playing with your, with your family, you may never need more than just what's in the base game, you know, potentially if you're the kind of player that, um, that like Catan is your jam. I run across people all the time that say, Hey, you're into board games. Yeah. What is your favorite game? Oh, we play Catan. That's our game. They've been playing Catan for 10 years and they've never heard of, of Catan, you know? So I feel like if, if that is who you are now, I don't know if you're listening to board game podcasts, that's who you are necessarily. But, um, if that's who you are, then base game will be, will be fine for you. But I'm with you. Like for me, I'm so glad I have the Maximum Chrome <laughs> yeah, uh, edition yeah. because I want all that stuff. I will always play with all of those things uh, if I can. If I'm teaching new people, I'm always going to throw in the at least the character boards with the chop shop cards that you uh, draft and assign to each vehicle. We'll always play with those. We'll always play with the the Carnage at Devil's Run expansion, which adds all the different types of damaging terrain like the fire and all that stuff, which can either eliminate you or give you extra movement. We'll always play with that stuff. Or again, this is with new people. I'll put, I'll put the the character boards away and those chop shop cards away and then play with all the other modules, which give you three or four other actions, you know, just not to overwhelm people, but we'll always play with one of those. But if it's just me with my buddies and we're just playing, or if we get to play again, um, we're going to throw it all in there. We'll yeah. throw it all. And, uh, and every time it's going to be, it's going to be different. The, now the, one other thing that, that Maximum Chrome adds that we didn't mention yet, it also includes a, a German engineering expansion or module, which is basically a deck of cards for each player that replaces the dice. And so again, German engineering, no dice. Instead, it's card play. So you get this whole Euro kind of feel. So now you've got a hand of cards that you're drawing and mm-hmm. you're playing cards to each individual car to determine how far it's going to move. And so of course your pips are limited, your pip value on those cards are limited. So you've got to decide which one am I going to play. 
And when you go to shoot somebody, you're also playing a card that's going to have, uh, or, or you're flipping a card that's going to have a um, another value on it. These are multi-purpose cards that have your pit value movement. It's got what kind of card you could be shooting. You're flipping cards over to determine what your if your shot is successful or not. And so, it, again, just another way to play. I'm not played with that one yet, but uh, but I'm looking forward to to trying that though at some point because it would definitely yeah. change the dynamic of the game. It makes me think of Catan did that actually. Speaking of of which, they did the the deck of cards that you could use okay. instead of the dice. So it's you know it it y- there's no question of the probability you might you know roll a ton of of uh, you know elevens where that's not normal. And so I actually have zero interest in that expansion at all because I for a game, <laughs> for a game like this the chaos is where it's at for me. You know I love I love the the reveal. My, one of my favorite parts of this game, and I'll, I'll kind of get into this as I move towards my final thoughts. But one of my favorite parts of this game is is the reveal of those tiles uh, uh, to see what kind of thing is going mm-hmm. to pop up. You know, is is it a ramp? Because I actually, and I did this multiple times, I would purposefully go through those hazard locations hoping for a ramp or hoping for something um, that would give me a benefit. And 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 you know, potentially put me ahead of, of Darren or, or, you know, destroy somebody else or something like that. And I love that. I love that that's an option in the game. Now, this is not for everybody. Not everybody loves those really heavy, chaotic games. And if that's not really your thing, if, if luck and just like hoot and holler type games are not your thing, this will not be your jam for sure. There's nothing, I, I mean, I don't think there's any there's no question of that in my mind, whether or not you would enjoy the game, unless it's just like, this is a theme that I love so much that, you know, even though I love heavy euros, the theme is so strong that pushes it over the edge for me. That could very well be the case, but probably not. If you don't like hoot and holler, crazy games, this is probably not going to be your, your jam. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. If you don't like chaos, it's, it's not for you, but, but I will say this, if you find yourself in this and, and the luck is not going your way, almost every time there's going to be a swing like that, because the, the odds um, can't always be against you. <laughs> you know, there will be some changes, but, but yeah, if you're, if the chaos doesn't, doesn't work for you, that you may not, you may not enjoy it. If, um, you know, I think this game is designed to play quickly uh, because mm-hmm. of that, you know, it's a dice roll and just movement. But at the same time, again, if we're going to talk about a potential few, few negatives, uh, chaos might be a negative for some, um, this is not meant to be an AP inducing game, but I've played a few where it has been as people try to strategize and, and, and map out like where, where they should go and what they should do. I'm like, you know, it's not that kind of game. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm reminded, I was talking about this with, with a buddy of mine last night and he brought up the, the Mark Hamill quote that, uh, if you've ever heard of Mark Hamill and, and, uh, talk about his experience on star Wars, when he's, uh, he's dealing with Harrison Ford, they just came out of the, the trash compactor and, and Mark makes this, uh, comment to the, to the people there on the set, like, wait a minute, we just come out of there. Shouldn't my hair be wet? And Harrison Ford turns to him and says, kid, it's not that kind of movie. <laughs> I feel like that with, with this game. Like if you're trying to strategize too much, it, it's not that kind of game though. There mm-hmm. is some strategy though. We'll say this too, though. It's not just total chaos because when you place your dice and wh- which die, wh- which pip to use and how far should I run ahead? Because if I'm way out there, someone may get me, which car am I going to run out there? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you start throwing in the other actions, there really is a nice space that has been created there for some strategic decisions. Uh, so it's not just total chaos, but granted, yeah, you don't have control over what's behind that hazard die or what someone else is going to do. Though you can, again, get into each other's heads and try to figure out, oh, they're not going to move this car now. I'm going to wait because if I move this one, they're going to come up behind me and shoot me. So I'm going to wait and see what they do and see where they go. And mm. next thing you know, you get slammed into the side of a ramp, which doesn't help you because if you get a hit, if you hit the ramp on the side, you're destroyed, you're eliminated, you know, um, it, it just, it just varies. There's, there's that sense of exploration. There's that sense of chaos, but yet there is some space there, I think for, um, for strategic decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's go so ahead. Let's go to your let's final thoughts and, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, we initially got to play this one with Rob Davio at, uh, PAX U taught this to assess the early iteration of the game. 
I don't even, if I remember right, that we weren't even playing with any cards or anything like that. All of it really was just the base game, I believe. Um, yes. I've now got to play this uh, a few times with, uh, two times. I, I've not played this game a ton. You've played it a lot more than I have. I've played this two times with you, so just at a two-player game. So just know, I don't think that's the ideal player count. Uh, we played a three or four-player four player game initially, and then uh, these two two-player games. One of them was very quick because uh, it, it was just epic. Epic quick game of this game lasted <laughs> 10 minutes and and yes. I don't remember who won. Somebody was toast. I, I don't remember. You did. You did. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to hear you say that. So, <laughs> I, so I, I can't really in good conscience give this like the full on rating that I think I, it deserves, which is why I'm going to give it an eight right now. Uh, which I think is a really good score. So the, the game itself, I really, really enjoy this one. I, 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 if I'm looking at just the base game without all the fluff, I'm probably more at like a seven is my guess um, because it's fun, but it's going to lose its luster and that my guess would drop down. But with all these stuff, my I'm at an eight and the more plays I get of this with a higher player count, I actually think it could rise up. I, I really, really like this game quite a bit. It's a lot of fun. My my fear, and I don't have anything to base this on, my fear is that I might it, it might lose its luster, but only if you're not playing with the right group. If you're playing with a group that just really has fun and just, you know, really gets into it. I think this game probably would rise up for me because it's it can be such a cool, fun game. The full player count is six players at, at um, with the Maximum Chrome edition, only four players with the regular base edition of this game. But I think probably the more the merrier, even though it would get super chaotic. But I'll stick at an eight right now. I would like to come back to this at some point down the road once I've had a chance to play with a higher player count. I'd like to have this in my collection, but I probably won't unless I can get the Maximum Chrome edition. And I don't know if that's going to be for sale anywhere except in the aftermarket. I know I can order it from Europe right now, but it's crazy high shipping for that. So I'm not going to do that. But maybe if they do another Kickstarter or if it just comes up on their website at some point, I'd like to pick this one up. Yeah, they have said it will be on the website. They will. I don't know if it's up yet or not, but they will be selling Maximum Chrome Edition on the restoration site at some point. Mm, okay. But yeah. So, so that's interesting. Now you're right. We did play this twice and you did win the first game, but cr- help me here. Who won, who won the second one? The, uh, the, I can't, the epically I long. Yeah, we, <laughs> I don't remember. First game lasted about 10, 15 minutes. Dean destroyed me very quickly. And the second game, more of a, an epic hour and like 10 minute game, because he, he had all kinds of AP in this as he was trying to outdo me. That's what it was. That's what made it take so long. But uh, but I, I did reign supreme in in the last night. And I'm, I'll be honest, of all the games I've played, I've played this a lot. Uh, and all the expansions and everything thrown in, except for the, the German engineering one. We've only had one game that ended with someone finishing the race. And even that was was early. We didn't go to the fifth tile because typically when a car, you start with three tiles, when a car moves off the end, the rear tile and anything that's left on it is gone, is eliminated and destroyed. And then um, the you take one of the other tiles that's set aside and you slide that into the front. And so we've only had one race that actually completed and ran off the finish line. And that was only on the fourth tile. Everything other than that was because <laughs> multiple players got destroyed and there was only one person left standing. So yeah, and I think that's because the game is, is vicious. I mean, it's called Vendetta for a reason. <laughs> if uh, if you take things too personally, it may not be the game for you, but you're supposed to take it a little personally. <laughs> I think this is this is raucous, good fun. It's not dumb fun. I heard people talk about it being dumb fun. I would say silly fun, raucous fun. There's space created for good decisions. Um, yeah, you can go for it. And it's part of the, the, the strategy is knowing when to flip those hazard tiles over, when to slam into a car. Or, or, or when to, to zip on by. I think it plays good at two, like we've played it. I think it's probably best at three to four. That, that's where I've played it the most is at three and four. Um, I've not played it at five and six yet. I would love to. I think that would be utter chaos with all four cars and the big rig, the motorcycles. 
I think there's still lots to explore there. This is a 10 for me. I love it. It does everything that uh, that I like in a game. It creates uh, some interactions that are above the table as well as especially on the table. Um, it's fun. There's those big stand-up moments. There is that hoot and holler. Granted, I don't want every game to be a hoot and holler game, but I want some games to be. And I think this does it beautifully. I mean, for, like I said, from the box cover all the way down to the last component, the cars and the cardboard, uh, every single bit of this just drips theme. They knew what they wanted to do and they did it. You can tell that they put a lot of love and laughter and attention into every detail and aspect of this game. So yeah, it's a 10 for me. Wow. Yeah. That's a really high praise. I knew that you really did love this game and, and we knew off the bat, you know, when we play tested this, this is the one that are not play tested, but, but, uh, did the prototype at demo tax you demo. There we go. You, that was the one game, you know, we each said, we, mm-hmm. I, this is the game I'd really like to make sure I get a chance to play. And that was it for you. And you were not disappointed even then. And that was with not all the cool stuff. Yeah, that was just with the base stuff and even uh, lack, some lackluster components. But um, but yeah, th- to me, this scratches an itch and fills a niche in my collection where at the time, like I didn't have any kind of racing game or battling game, but this is that for me. And, you know, again, there's the games like Heat that are racing games that I like, I'll enjoy. I'm sure we'll talk about that later at some point too. But but this is different. Just the, the hoot and hollery nature of smashing each other. Um, it's good. It's good. It's good. It does not disappoint. Yeah, wow. That, so with Thunder Road Vendetta, I give it an 8. Darren gives it high praise of a 10. Now, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. And if you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach us through all of our social media outlets with uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. That is at Mapletown Games. You can um, send us some mail. We want your questions in our mailbag. So go to MeepletownMail at gmail.com and send us uh, send us some questions there. Also, we'd love to have your reviews on Apple Review or, or any whatever the service you're using to listen to podcasts, leave us a review on there. We'll read it on the uh, on the podcast. And if you would like to connect with our community, we have a Discord. We have a uh, Board Game Geek Guild number 3407. Great ways to connect with our community. Talk about lots of different things, games you're playing, questions about games, uh, sometimes, you know, responses to the podcast, all that good stuff. We'd love to connect with you on there. And until next time, thanks for coming down to Meepletown. So, Darren, I guess that uh, just, you know, right off the bat, you let people know that you're the new shallow gamer in Meepletown. <laughs> There's a new shallow <laughs> There's, There are multiple shallow gamers now, but um, but not, I'm still not near as bad as you. And we'll, we'll get into that, I'm sure, later. Uh, I love the components of Thunder Road Vendetta, but dude, you, you still have me beat by a mile, a long mile, a kilometer, which I think is the same distance. I don't know. I don't do math. <laughs>